phones. Great to have you here. Cool. Thanks, team. That was awesome, as usual. Really good. And uh, recognising that it's um, Father's Day today. I've never looked into, actually, how it's come about Mother's Day and Father's Day and and um, and, uh, but I want to, <laughs> I want to, um, just honour all the um, blokes here probably who have taken a role in somebody else's life, because hmm? that's the sort of the role of a father in many ways is to to nurture, an uncle or a mentor or you know um, a grandfather or any great grandfathers. Currently here, no, all right. But you know, um, big role. So, um, just want to honour you guys this morning because we, in my work in the school in particular, I get to see firsthand sometimes when there isn't that male figure in many kids' lives, um, boys or girls. You know, when dad's not there or they don't have an uncle or a mentor or, or for that argument, a, a mother or a, an aunt, you know, so um, that this morning, just want to focus on um, Father's Day and, and men in particular. So God bless you. May you know the Lord's blessing upon your life as you seek to either lead a family or speak into somebody else's life, all right? Big role. Um, I might as well say it. Let's get out of the way. It's hard. Oh, great. All right. Um, so, um, um, Jess and Jessica aren't here today, but they have now announced, so I can put it out there, it's on public. Sounds like you all check out Facebook before I do of a, of a Sunday morning, you heathen. Oh, terrible. But um, um, they're going to have their first child in February, I think. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's still um, a little bit for me to get used to. Please bear with me. Please bear with me. It's exciting. It's exciting. Yes, it's exciting. But um, yeah, it's a bit of, of a struggle as well. I'm still playing over 30s touch football. Thank you so much. Even though I'm close close to 60, I can't believe that. But part of it in just making it a little bit more, more solemn and it's going to be exciting and all that, I keep reminding myself of that and everybody, it sounds horrible, doesn't it? Is that I never had a dad. I never had a, real, a grandfather, you know? So for me, it's like, it's a little bit of foreign territory and, and what we've been speaking about, what we're continuing to speak to that about is that process of being an apprentice of Jesus or a disciple of Jesus is about moving from the immature dare I say, because it, it, it tends to be a, a negative connotation, doesn't it? But um, to, to move from that um, worship and prayer and, and the spiritual disciplines, uh, disciplines are all about me to moving to a place of perhaps maturity where they're not so much just about me, but they're about him and my relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you know? Um, and we can, we do struggle with that at times, you know. Um, 
And so I'm working through that <laughs> when it comes to, okay, the next stages of life. So I'll be looking to some of you um, old guys to, for a little bit of help with all of that. Let's pray as we get into the word. Hey, Father God, we uh, thank you in Jesus' name for the power of your word, for your presence, but your power, and that it can be unleashed and revealed to us, Lord, as we bring our hearts and minds to you and submit to your ways. And that's a bit of, of a struggle at times because we are aware of the world that we live in and its pressures as well, and we have this battle that's going on within us at times, Lord, but we indeed want to see your will prevail, your will be done in our lives. And so we would just pray, Lord, for a revelation, a fresh movement of your Holy Spirit, even this morning as we sit here. Perhaps it's already come for you. But to be able to sit in that, not just to grab it and go, well, that was good, what's next? But to sit in it as well, to contemplate, to reflect, to be mindful of what you are speaking into our lives and help us to own it, help it to be planted, Lord, well. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to continue. We've had a, a couple of weeks sort of off in our series. We had Jess and Jessica uh, here talking about YWAM a couple of weeks ago and last week we had a, a huge morning tea which was great to be a part of. Oh, and just before we, we go jump into the Word, I've got one slide, haven't I, Robin? Just of the um, high tea. Um, just a, a, it was an awesome event. It sounds like so long ago, but it wasn't really, was it really? Um, and we raised... Almost seven grand, so for chaplaincy, which um, in light of things, yeah, it's huge, huge, okay? Um, so well done to everybody who took part in that. Okay, so we're moving into this whole sense of, um, and we're going to be moving into it even more later in the year and next year, and trying to put into some place, uh, to, to put into place some spiritual disciplines and things within our lives that you can choose to say, hey, yeah, I want to grow in perhaps in this area or I, have, I, I need to move from A to B in prayer. All right, I'll, I want to grow in, in that. And so we're going to be uh, continuing to journey in all of this. But today I just want us to, to pick up on um, Mark 1. Um, if you have Bibles, just uh, find out that reference, um, 14 15. But I'm not going to go there just yet. Because in just recapping where we, we've been and where we're going, we're all looking for self-improvement programs, one form or another, one way or another. We're all on that journey. Right? Sometimes the world, our community, our region... Um, places that upon us. These are the values you, you, you need to pick up on. These are the things that we want to place upon you and we are, are just naturally just adopt them because they're there. You know, It's just, okay, well, this is the way that culture and society goes, so I'm just going to adopt these, these things. But whether we um, want to or not, those things can, can happen. But we're all looking for, in one way... Uh, a, whether you're a believer or not, a way to self-improve. Very religious in many ways. People who don't know the Lord, instead of worship, they might listen to Enya. 
Um, instead of a pastor, they might find a therapist. Instead of a church, they might do yoga studios. Instead of Pilates, they might find a, another type of... Instead of a community, they might go onto a, into a running club. Instead of a gym mem- membership, they might be going to... Well, instead of a gym membership, they might find church and flipping it around the, the other way. But instead of teaching, they might just find TED Talks. Instead of a Bible study, it's uh, just a reading. Instead of solitude and Sabbath, it's mindfulness and movies. Oftentimes, the world seems to be saying, I don't want one religion. I don't want to believe in original sin. I want a number of different religions because I want to improve. I want to see change within my life. But I don't want to just believe that... Jesus is an answer. He is the way. I want to find it in a whole bunch of different areas. And perhaps even at some point, we seem to be, if you just look at the media for a while, we want to blame all sorts of things for the state that the world is in. And the reason why I'm doing it tough or whatever. There's all these other things. And if I can only solve that problem and that problem and that problem and that problem by doing whatever, the world would, would be a better place. But we ended up playing a bit of a blame game. There's a deep desire in all of our lives for change. But what we find is that um, there's a gap between who we are and who we want to be. And we've spoken about this before, this struggle. Apprenticeship to Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus, isn't about a self-help program. We've been speaking about this for the last few months. It's about three things. Being with Jesus, come follow me. To be like Jesus, Jesus doing and then getting the disciples to be a part of it and then doing what he did. That's the process. It requires a transformation into the image of Jesus. But there are times that many of us can feel stuck. Things that hold us back from that. And somehow or other, habits or bad habits have developed and formed within our lives. It's not that we don't want to change, it's just that we're not sure how to change. And so there's this pressure that we find that the world is trying to shape us into a particular mould. These are the values you should have. These are the things you should hold on to. And there's this sense of counterformation of Jesus coming in alongside and saying, hey, no, this is the way, walk in it. And it is different in many, many aspects. In place of stories that we've come to believe or that the world or society has taught us or even our own family, we want to believe that there's teaching in the word that instructs us to follow Jesus and how to do that. In place of habits, there's the practice of the word. In place of just general relationships to fill what are my need, there's community in the church. In place of environment is the Holy Spirit. 
And so I want to pick up on teaching because the first aspect of, of this in my studies and whatever, um, it's highlighting that teaching is such a significant part of being transformed into the image of God in taking um, and allowing what we hear to take root in our lives and to go, okay, well, I understand that now. I need to move on and actually act on it. We're going to be looking at that. So if you have your Bibles now, Mark 1. After John was put in prison, this is verse 14, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news. That's why he came, to proclaim the good news. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Can you say that? Say that. Repent and believe. That's it. That's it. That's in a nutshell, that's exactly what it was about. His main teaching incorporated love. It wasn't about a self-help program, but it incorporated love, the liberation of the poor and the oppressed. But the main message was about the kingdom of God and its invitation. Here's what you do. Repent and believe. To repent means to change one's way of life as a result of a complete change of thought and attitude. To repent is to, if you're taking notes, to reimagine your life from the ground up around the kingdom of God and its principles. I'll say that again. To repent is to imagine your life from the ground up to be built around the kingdom of God. To redress your life from top to bottom around God's presence. Because, and teaching is such an important factor of it, because when it's done well, it ignites the imagination. Wow, something could be different in my life. Jesus says, I've come to bring the good news. Repent and believe. It's counter to the stories we hear about ourselves or the world tries to instruct us in. This is the way, walk in it. Teaching's meant to get into our head to challenge us about the stories that we've come to believe. It takes time to rewire our brains though, doesn't it? Because we've come to believe at times lies. And they can be deeply embedded into our life, into our psyche. But we're instructed here in a number of different passages to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Have a look. Romans 12, therefore in view, therefore in view of the, what the last 11 chapters where it says, give God more than an hour or to give God more than an hour or two of a Sunday, it says to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, the person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ about progressively replacing the images we have and the ideas we have in our, in our head with the things of Christ. There's this idea or notion that um, 
um, we have these neurons in our head and pathways, right, that um, if we continue to head down the same pathway, they'll work t together. What's the phrase, Chris? Neurons that wire together, fire together. When I was young and I had to go to school, we lived in, in Burpingary on a farm and we had to walk through the bush to get to the bus to get to school. And before we could walk through the, the bush, we had to cut out a pathway and cut out that pathway, and eventually we would walk it more and more and more and more, and you know what the point is, the pathway is formed. That happens in our heads with the habits and the things that, uh, or the stories that are built that the world tells us, and we create these things, and, and when there's a moment perhaps even in our life where there's pain or difficulty, our mind would tell us, you know what, let's get rid of that, and let's We've learnt this pathway, we've learnt this habit, let's go down this way. And so it takes time if some of those pathways need to be corrected. It takes time to form something else, to allow this pathway to be overgrown and to choose something else. The more frequently we choose whatever path, the more likely it is that our mind will go, oh, I know what to do, let's head down this path. It takes time. There's a number of things. If you're saying, well, okay, if teachings is important, what can I do to help my mind begin to create a better pathway? And there are some simple things. To read our Bible, because it's alive. To um, um, practice memorization. To, to reading good books. To sitting under um, teachers of the Bible. To find a mentor. To be in community together. These things are important, not just as, oh, well, yep, I'll tick the box, because we know that tomorrow afternoon we will have forgotten this sermon more than likely, and that some of those things will be, oh, yeah, 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 I'll get to that. But this is the key part. What we love in our heart has a far greater influence on what we do than what we know in our head. Where is my value? Not personal value, but what do I value in Christ? What's really important to me that it would create a level of desire that the cost of change isn't so as far great as the need to change or the desire to change. What we love in our heart has a far greater influence on what we do than what we know in our head. For example, I buy a block of chocolate. Do you think I can stop it, stop it two bars? No, oh, that would be stupid, wouldn't it? Brendan knows what I'm talking about, don't you, Brendan? And we go, oh, it's right, it's there, and we justify and do all sorts of things in our minds to justify eating that whole block. And I can say with pride in my heart, I can knock off a whole block real easy in one sitting. But again, it's what we love. We have these things that come over in our mind and say, hey, um, you know what? And it justifies or whatever else, but it has power. What we love in our heart has a far greater influence on what we do than what we know in our head. And so we can't just rethink our ways to Christ-likeness. For example, we say, you know, 
I can come to church, I can be inspired by worship and teaching and I can have community, the Holy Spirit can be present and I can go, wow, yeah, I want that. But then Monday afternoon, it's moved on and life starts again. It's tricky. But Jesus tells us time and time again that teaching, while teaching is one thing, the practice of it is essential. If you want to follow in the pathway of Jesus. Matthew 7, and Bill referred to it this morning actually in another passage. Matthew 7, therefore anyone who hears these words of mine and does what? Puts them into practice. Is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came up, down the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, house, and it fell with a great crash. Again, Luke 8. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. And someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. And he replied, my, mothers, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and puts it into practice. Discipleship. John 13. 12 and following. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no one, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. James 1, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, will be blessed in what they do. Practicing the way. It's based on Jesus' lifestyle. It's based on his teachings. It's based on his mission. The practices of Jesus counter the habits that we have brought into our lives. We are, in essence, the accumulative effect of our habits. What we sow into our lives. This is the way I behave. This is the way I act. And it could be for any number of reasons. But we're here on a journey to see Jesus at work in our lives. We're reminded in Proverbs and elsewhere, to above all else, guard your heart. And so one of the main goals for us as disciples of Christ is to, in one essence, 
curate our hearts to have a look at, hang on, what is it really that makes me tick, Lord? What is it that we really need to work on? I'm just not going to learn to hear your teaching, but I want to put it into practice. How am I going to go about that? And, you know, God, when I really want to see incredible power come through, I recognize that I can't do this alone. It has to be a movement of the Holy Spirit at work in my life. Really important. Western culture tends to be saying, this is the good way, walk in it. Work hard, save money, spend money, grow wealth, build bigger barns. More stuff brings more happiness. Hmm? Seems to be that, that way. Could be in other things. It could be even in um, sexuality or, or minimalization or some other doctrine that says, hey, yeah, I can find happiness in this pathway. Jesus' vision for um, practicing life was really about choosing his values, disciplines, love for God, love for others. When I was thinking about it a little bit more, because it applies for my life as, as, as well in this process, we're all on this constant journey, um, and we're going to conclude shortly, team. Um, but I realised, you know, you don't just fall in love. You don't just, you know, wake up one morning and go, far out, that's the person I'm going to marry. That's it. That's done. Yes, I'm in love. There's nothing else that can stop that because um, it's both ways as well. Um, love is growing. You fall in love over a process, a period of time. And you learn different things. Well, hang on a minute. Um, this person isn't, you know, just the, the perfect person. There's some things that aren't so great about them. But still we fall in this deeper and gradual love and it's like that with God. As we learn of his teaching, as we apply his principles and practice the way, we begin more and more to fall in love. We know that because when we come here and we worship God and we sing and so on, where the Spirit of God does something within us and stirs us, we go, this is just the best. I love you, Lord. I love you. And then as we walk out those doors... We've got to practice that. Yeah, this is the why, and this is what I choose to do. I want to create new pathways in my life and my mind because of who he is to me. Discipline. And so can I encourage you just this week, this coming week, to perhaps do a bit of an audit on your life, to look at the rhythms or the routines or the rituals in your week, the habits, your practices, your schedule, your budget, your phone, can include that these days. And jot down the habits that are actually drawing you away from the things of God. What is a rod for your back? But just to look at it, just to look at it. Okay, Lord, this is what happens in my week. This is where I find I'm giving my time. This is what's drawing my attention. And then perhaps to even look at all those things and then go, okay, there's one, one thing I would just want to change or adjust a little bit. And as I get, take out a little bit of that 
out of my, my life or my, my next week. I want to replace that with um, uh, something of Jesus. It could be worship. It could be a worship song. It could be just five minutes. Or it could be more. It could be something else. I'm going to spend half an hour in prayer or an extra 10 minutes in prayer. I'm going to take that out that I've, I've used that the world provides me because it does provide me with a sense of, of, of rest or, or comfort. But I'm just going to take a little bit of that and find the rest and comfort in Jesus instead. Just a little bit. Right? Because as we slowly and gradually do that, we find the spiritual growth that we're looking for. We'd like to think that our churches and just coming to church and hearing the word and worship will do enough for us. But it doesn't. And I was reminded this past week, we had a, a situation where we were meant to have Super Club with the school on Friday and we couldn't because there was a... Was it Taekwondo, Brendan? Taekwondo team in here on yesterday and Friday afternoon they were setting up. Do you call them a dojo class? Is that what you... What you what, yeah, dojo class. Now, Brendan, if I was to go along to your dojo class, he's a black belt and I'd be very careful, I wouldn't take him on, you know, but if I was to do that, if I was to come to your dojo class and I was just to watch for a while, would that be enough for me to get to a black belt if I just watched? Right, okay. Um, what about if I just did a little bit of YouTubing on my phone? Would that be good enough? Do you reckon I could sort it out? No, really, not, not quite good enough. Right, what do I have to do, Brendan? You mean I have to wax on and wax off at some point. Is that right? Lots of times. Huh? We know the principles in our lives, don't we? Okay, I just can't expect it to happen here there's got to be a practice moment in my life that I choose. Why? Because of the love I have that, is, that pushes out the world a little bit more and some of its practices and allows more and more space for the things of God. I've got to come to God's dojo class. I've got to practice. All right? That's what we're talking about. And Jesus this morning has highlighted that in these passages. And for whatever reason, Bill chose this morning the same passage in communion. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. In other words, the storms came, but there was something deep within this person's life. Because we see that in our storms, the level of depth that we have in Christ in those moments. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew. The storms came and beat against the house and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation built on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine but does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who's built his house on the sand and so on and so on. The waves came, the storms in life came, and it crashed. Practice. So can, with the struggle you have in your lives or whatever else, to go, oh, but I just don't know whether I have any space. I'm just not asking for huge portions. So let's practice the way by simply taking a sliver out. 
okay, this week, Lord, there's, uh, I'm going to have a look at what goes on in my day, in my week, and now, okay, I'm going to take this little moment out of my life and I'm going to replace it with something of you, Lord. And that might happen for a month, that one little sliver. And then it might grow a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for Jesus and that you've provided us, Jesus, through the knowledge of you, with an understanding of a different way to live life. One that does not just speak of hope, but brings hope. Brings a level of, of spiritual assurance that we can't really fully understand, but we recognize it's there. And so we thank you for that. But we would pray, Lord, in our weaknesses that you would help us. That in our lack of wisdom, that you'd grant us wisdom. That you'd grant us, as we often will, will say, the eyes to see, the ears to hear. What really is taking root within my life? For I choose you. I want to come and follow you. Teach me your ways. Help me to practice them. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need some prayer ministry this morning, you want something, then find um, somebody you've, you've come with. If you feel